0: And we're joined now by an astronomy educator, Michelle Nichols, joins us here on WMAY. Michelle, thanks for taking time. This is exciting. I'm stoked, especially as somebody who gets up super duper in the morning, looks at the moon every morning on my way to work, and I'm just floored by absolutely how gorgeous it is. We've got a crescent moon right now, but in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to see, weather permitting, a near total lunar eclipse. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so um a lunar eclipse happens when the moon passes through the shadow cast by the earth into space. And uh if the moon is completely within the darkest part of the shadow, we call that a total lunar eclipse. If it's if a little bit of it or a lot of it is still outside that that darkest shadow, we call it a partial eclipse, but as you noted, it's almost total so it's i say close enough
0: <laughs> close <laughs> so enough just, and something that uh cool. people are going to recognize it like if they look up over time uh they will see the earth's shadow progressively uh start covering up the moon
1: yeah and that's uh, as the moon passes into the shadow you see more and more of it darkened by the by that earth's shadow and so just a just a little sliver of it will stay outside the, the darkest shadow. So it could look pretty cool. So I'm I'm not sure if it's gonna turn reddish or grayish or what. So we'll find out on the morning of November nineteenth.
0: Well and talk a little bit about that when it comes to the the color of the moon and how exactly uh, it could possibly be kind of a reddish tinge.
1: So, the shadow of the earth um, so when you've got the the sunlight falling on the earth, you have the sunlight passing through the the atmosphere of the earth right along right along the edge, so that color you're seeing the collective color of the sunsets and sunrises happening all over the earth at the same time at that exact moment. Um, and so the color can, can differ depending on how dusty the Earth's atmosphere is at that moment, how cloudy, how clear. So uh, we kind of don't know till we get it as to what color it's going to be. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I I think that's another reason why people should uh, maybe alter their sleep schedules just a little bit Uh, for myself. I know uh, the morning of uh, November 19th, I'm actually going to set my alarm just a few hours earlier than I typically do uh, because it goes off at 3 o'clock. So I'm going to try to actually go to bed a little earlier that night uh, before so I can get up and actually see some of the progression here because it's not something, uh, Michelle, that's just going to happen in an instant and then it's going to be done. This happens over the series of several hours.
1: Correct. Yep. A lunar eclipse usually takes a few hours. No special equipment needed to see it; just your eyes. Um, the 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 part when the moon starts to pass into the darkest part of the shadow is at 1:18 a.m. Yes, that is 1:18 <laughs> a.m. <laughs> Central Standard Time on November 19th, so, so just after midnight. And the maximum uh, time of eclipse, when it's uh, as as far as it's going to get into the shadow, is at 3:02 a.m. And then that partial eclipse ends at 4:47 a.m. And what you'll see is you want to look toward the southwest. Uh, the full moon will uh, get lower and lower in the sky as this happens. So central Illinois is just a perfect location to see all of that. Not a lot of not a lot of uh, uh, buildings and trees around. If you go out into the farmlands, um, it should look spectacular out there.
0: Yeah, and uh, the light pollution's pretty low here in central Illinois. So uh, weather permitting. Weather permit. I hope we don't have overcast. I hope we don't have a cloudy night. Uh, and it's just crystal clear as it was this morning. I looked out. the. I saw the the, the Little Dipper. Uh, I saw all kinds of stars and that crescent moon this morning. It was just gorgeous. So I'm hoping that the morning of November 19th, when I do get up, I can check out that uh, that partial lunar eclipse. We're joined uh, this morning by Michelle Nichols. She's an author, an astronomer, educator, uh, talking about the partial lunar eclipse that's coming up. Now, of course, the Adler Planetarium, they have events up in the chicagoland area uh but i would imagine uh this of course is something that uh, a lot of other planetariums or uh, similar types of outposts with uh, strong magnifying and uh uh, telescopes they they may be able to uh to uh kind of guide people along with this uh and and if you could michelle tell us i mean (laughs) how do you guys know the exact time that this (laughs) is going to happen right i mean For all of us out here, the lay people walking around, just, you know, uh, looking at the stars like, oh, wow, that's really neat. How do you guys do this? So
1: astronomers know the orbit of the moon very, very precisely. And the more we study it, the more precise that gets. Um, We have calculations. The U.S. Naval Observatory um, has a a book that I, I, I think it's still online. You can get. The table of solar and lunar eclipses for five thousand years into the future. What? And I, and I guarantee that once you get five thousand years into the future, they'll just be off by a little bit. That's I mean, incredible. It's, it'll, meaning meaning not different days, probably just by a few seconds. Um, in terms of in terms of what they're able to do, but hey, physics is awesome, and and I I studied physics at the University of Illinois physics is awesome and we can we can calculate this stuff
0: pretty far out and it's not just the moon uh it's all of the celestial bodies out there
1: well the the it depends on which one it is like i said the more we learn about these the more uh, the more precise we get with the orbit but the farther and farther you look into the future it gets a little less precise um not necessarily with the moon per, per se but uh with other stuff you start to get interactions from other things mm. um that might influence what you think so you don't want to go too far into the future but anyway it's still pretty <laughs> five cool thousand years
0: is okay but any, any it more than that cool. it might, yeah. uh... it'll it'll work <laughs> <laughs> michelle nichols with us uh, she is an astronomy educator and an author uh give us your website michelle
1: Um, My website is uh, www.astroeducator.com, but I want to give you the Adler Planetarium's website, www.adlerplanetarium.org, especially because we're going to be on live during the lunar eclipse uh, with our Sky Observers Hangout Show, Um, and uh, go to our YouTube channel, and you'll see us starting at about 1.30 in the morning on... uh, on November 19th, join us live online. it would be a lot of fun.
0: And what's great about that versus just uh, going out in a cornfield somewhere and looking into the sky is you've got the experts there uh, to kind of explain uh, the trajectory, what's happening, maybe some of the, the tinge of the shadow, how that's casting upon the moon. And you really get those experts to, to boil it down for the layperson out there who uh, is, is looking into the sky in wonderment uh, as to uh, uh, what's going on there in the night sky. So, uh, definitely. Definitely. Yep, that's exactly right. So, uh, if you could uh, tell us, uh, you know, we've got, of course, uh, astrology, astronomy, uh, and how this is all played out through human history. Uh, <laughs> when, when the ancients looked at these skies and saw these things, was the the knowledge of such events guarded? Was it like something that you know the elites only knew about? And and how much has that changed since now? Now we've got it just it, it, streaming on YouTube with experts talking yeah. about
1: it. It depends on which culture you're talking about. And so for for example, uh, the the ancient Greeks, two thousand years ago, they knew the earth was round due to the, the the curve of the shadow cast by the earth during a lunar eclipse. That I mean, that's something. You know, all that you you hear kids' tales of. Oh, Columbus knew the Earth was round, but everybody else thought it was flat. No, they didn't. They they knew the Earth was round, but the Greeks knew the Earth was round, and because they could see this. But there's a there's a, uh, um, uh, a, a Middle Eastern uh, culture and uh, kind of the, that that Babylonian type region of the world uh, even farther back that the visibility of a lunar eclipse plus whether or not Jupiter was visible in the sky foretold whether you needed to take extra precautions because maybe, maybe bad things were about <laughs> to happen to the king. <laughs> right. So there were, there were it depending on where you were talking about. But, yeah, lots of people looked up and ascribed meaning to what they saw.
0: Pretty incredible. Uh, of course, uh, put it on your calendar. The early morning hours of Friday, November 19th. Look into the night sky between the hours of 1.30 and about 4.50. You'll be able to see a partial lunar eclipse where the Earth's shadow is going to cast over, what, like 97% of the moon? That's about right. Yep. Wow. Michelle, uh Nichols, she's an author and astronomer. Thank you so much for taking time with us this morning to explain the uh what's going on in the heavens a little bit later on this week and we're looking forward to that. All right. Be safe and uh we'll uh we'll we'll chat with you soon, I'm sure, okay? I,
1: I hope so. Thanks so much for having me.